1: Hail, Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you?
0: I'm great, Josh. Happy to be here for a special episode of Always Cheating. It's the book club edition of the podcast.
1: Uh, Yeah, we're here with uh, David Wardale. David, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, guys. Uh, David has written a book called Wasting Your Wild Card, The Method and Madness of Fantasy Football. Uh, I have read it. Brandon has read it. Uh, Brandon, what did you think about this book?
0: I thought this book was fantastic. And I'm just just not trying to big you up because you're on the podcast, David. But, um,
2: <laughs> you can do anyway. You can do anyway.
0: It is, it's fun. It's well written. There are lots of great anecdotes, um, about playing in mini leagues and, and stats. Basically, everything that a fan, a hardcore fantasy manager wants to read. And then it, um, helps them rationalize how addicted to the game they actually are. So this, <laughs> the, the, this book will uh, facilitate lots of uh, lots of future fantasy managers.
1: I think I said when I was messaging with David that uh, it was kind of like a fever pitch for the fantasy football crowd. You know, it's sort of just a you know fever pitch, especially as an American. Fever Pitch was such a great book to read because it's just about the culture of football and sort of getting into it and the experience of, of getting into it. And I felt like this book really did that for the fantasy game.
2: And that could be on the front cover, you know. That just sounds great. <laughs> Save it for the, uh, for
1: the second edition, maybe. Uh, Josh from Always Cheatings. Uh, <laughs> mm. before,
0: uh, before we start talking too yep. much about the book, David, I thought it was important that we sort of set the table for who
2: you are. First off, what team mm-hmm. do you support? I am an Arsenal fan. Fever pitch again. Okay. So that makes two of less. So mm. uh,
1: what's
0: let's take the temp- temperature. How are you feeling about the Unai Emery regime coming in?
2: I'm strangely optimistic, which is not good. Um, I'm a very, very bad tipster. So uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned that I'm optimistic. Uh, but, you know, he's got a pedigree, hasn't he, this guy? He knows what he's doing. Yep. Um, and the the players he's bought are exactly the players that Wenger just refused to buy. You know, a decent keeper. Yep. Um, a great, great defensive midfielder. A spine in that spine of the team. Because you don't need any... He doesn't need the midfielders. doesn't need the strikers. He's got all those. So um yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But it it, it looks good so far, but
0: Lots of Star.
2: Mm. Alabama Young. There, there you go. He's a must. He's in my
1: team. Yep. Yeah. Maybe Socrates. We'll see. I'm, I'm holding out some hope for, for Socrates, you know, if, once he starts playing. Yeah. I just want to have a player named Socrates in my fantasy team more than anything. <laughs>
2: well, they'll probably say Socrates. Socrates. They, pro-
1: they, probably say, they, they may have said that. They may have said Socrates back in the day as well, right? In the, uh, <laughs> when he was in the original. I can't remember. His full Greece.
2: name is something horrendous, isn't it? Which uh, Paul Merson was struggling with throughout the season. but yeah.
0: If there are any fans <laughs> He'd of he You need to find the, that out. Any fans of the great American film Bill, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure can just call him Socrates. <laughs> right, exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so, David, you um, I know you've had a long really, – can you talk a little bit about the uh, fantasy football scout relationship? That you, I, I know you've been been—you've been sort of working with them, um, writing for them for a pretty long time now, right? Like more than like five years? Is it that long? It's, it's
2: about three years. I think it's about years. the fourth season now. Uh, okay. Um, how did you, yeah, how did you I'm, I'm, get involved with them? Uh, I, I applied. <laughs> you know, there was a there was a yeah. job going um he didn't say at the time uh who it was for, but he just mentioned fantasy football. So I thought I'd apply for that. Um and yeah, lo and behold I got the job. I think um I'm as you know, Fantasy Football Scout is uh, a, a very expert site. Um, it's full of experts. I'm not one of them. Um, I, I'm a writer, basically. You well, know, it's, it's one I'm, of
0: the original sites as well. When, yeah, absolutely. When we first got into fantasy, I mean, it's almost 10 years ago now. It was really the o- one of the only uh, strictly fantasy-related resources on the web.
1: But I think one yeah. of the reasons it stands out, though, is because it's a well-written site. You know, I yeah. mean,
2: it's you well, know Mark, Mark Southerns is a very good writer as well. He's 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 an excellent writer. Um, and as, as mentioned in the book, you know, it, the uh, it's just ballooned for them uh, as a site from from that startup through to being essentially the go-to place. And obviously, Mark became the the scout at uh, FPL and everything. Um, so, and they have, so, sorry, guys.
1: Oh no! I was just gonna ask you. How, yeah, so so you you're writing for them. Like, how how does that then? Like, what is the process where you become, like, where you start writing a book? Like, is it something that you had had pitched, or was it something that sort of just came came it, together?
2: It, it very much fell into my lap, to be honest. Uh, Penguin or Yellow Jersey Press. Um, the editorial director there, Tim Broughton, big big fancy fan, uh, member of uh, Fantasy Football Scout, and he approached Mark Southerns, said, uh, I want you to write a book, please. Um, and Mark, incredibly busy guy, um, said I haven't got the time, but I know a man who has. And that was me. Um, so, David. Mark, Mark's,
1: Mark's t- too busy. He's a TV celebrity now,
2: you know, you can't. He, exactly. You mean, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. he, he's a man who can't say no, you know, he, uh, <laughs> he was doing all the stuff on site plus all the, because they'd signed it by that point, they signed a deal with the, uh, the premier league to do the right. content for them as well. So yeah, he was horrendously busy. Um, so uh, yeah, it fell to me.
1: Well, one thing that comes through in the book, and we'll you know we'll get into the book in a, a second here, but one thing that that I really liked is somebody who doesn't um, who doesn't maybe profile as a typical fantasy manager, maybe um, just because I mean I'm an American for one thing, but you know I was also I was an English major in college, and you know never played professional you know um, soccer as we call it. You I never played soccer at any level, you know, so um, I sort of just. You know, I just fell in love with the game, uh, and then fell in love with the fantasy game shortly thereafter. Um, so it was, you know, it was fun to read your perspective because uh, you kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider as well. I don't know if I don't know if you feel that way, but that was certainly how it came across uh, in the book.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think one of the, uh, I think it's the chapter, isn't it, on the uh, the numbers game, saying I am not a typical fantasy football player simply because, yeah, I, I, I'm allergic to spreadsheets. You know, I don't use spreadsheets, uh, but so many people do. Yeah, what does a? I mean,
1: like, what does a typical fantasy manager look like? I mean, you, you talked earlier in the book about the, you know, the cliche of the, uh, you know, thirty-five year old white man, you know, living at home with his
2: parents. It's not, it's not exactly true, is it? I don't think it's true. Is it? I, that's, the, I think one of the points of the book again, isn't it that that there's an increasing amount of women playing the game. I think it's what about five percent now, which is uh, in FPL terms, it's about a quarter of a million people. And then, of course, it's people throughout the world. You know. It, it's the the current champion. You know, he's from Tanzania. Um, yeah. Most of Norway play it. You know, this just yeah. it it's an all-encompassing thing, much like football. You know, the, these days there is no typical football fan is there? They just love football.
1: Big ups to Northern Europe, by the way. I always yeah.
2: Well, they, again, as explained in the book, they they uh, there's always been that affinity between the Nordic countries and and English football. You know, they got to see it far far sooner than we did live. Uh, on their television. So uh, it's perhaps no surprise. Uh, funnily enough, my wife's just been on holiday, um, and she talked to a Norwegian. She was, she was trying to plug my book, basically. The first thing he said was, oh, I'm a Liverpool fan. You know, not I'm Norwegian, I'm a Liverpool fan. That was the first thing he said. Uh, so, uh, your point, David, about
0: uh, people first being uh, football fans, then becoming fantasy managers, what I, what I loved about how you opened the book is you opened the book talking about... Um, being a being a football fan generally, it's not just all about playing some sort of um, uh, game, uh, ethereal game. You come to it oh. as a as a sports fan, and you talk about the relationship between IRL football and FPL. How do you see? Do, do you see FPL as a product that helps you appreciate IRL football more?
2: I, I think so. We certainly enjoy it. Yeah, I think so, don't you? I mean.
0: Well, it's it gives, the, it gives you yeah, it gives you more skin in the game. And, and watching absolutely, it, exactly it, that. I, I made a joke that uh, I ended up missing watching the World Cup final because I opted to go on a historic home tour with my wife, knowing that I would rather um, skip the World Cup final and then be able to play cash a chip to watch Wolverhampton <laughs> Huddersfield because it will probably have <laughs> fantasy implications.
2: Right. Th- that, that said... Um, that it's, could it's be an not- example
1: of warp priorities, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, perhaps. I that's, that's, that's the extreme end there, I'd say. But, uh, but it's true, though, isn't it? You 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 start caring about games that you probably wouldn't even watch normally. Uh, yeah. but you can't help it because you've got whoever. You know, you've know. got a centre-half, so you want a clean sheet, and you want him getting up for a corner and scoring, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's a centre-half you didn't even know existed right. two weeks ago until you brought him in. So you you talk about uh, there are
0: there are naysayers for FPL people that argue that um, playing fantasy sort of dilutes the game. There's, there's these two phrases you use: knowledge of the game versus knowledge about the game. Uh, mm. And I, I I do think that FPL helps you learn more, not just about the particular fantasy game but about what you're seeing on the pitch like the bonus point system is an interesting and and Mm. contentious issue but knowing all the Mm. different facets of what goes into accruing bonus points suddenly you're more able to pick these actions out on the pitch you see you're you're able to more acknowledge the benefit of De Bruyne making a tackle in the middle of the pitch yep. or a yep. successful take on it and, and so on. So it's it's sort of, it's it's giving you a code to lay over the, the IRL game to help you appreciate it. Is, it is, isn't it?
2: It is, but it's, it only goes so far, doesn't it, really? If you think, if, if you were to create a, a, a proper IRL uh, football team, you, you're going to want someone like N'Golo Conte in there, aren't you? Because he's one of the, if not the best defensive midfielder in the world. But as you know, in in fancy terms, he's rubbish. Yeah. You know, he's just he will not get you enough points, yeah. uh, and that's the uh, the downfall or the pitfalls of the of of the game uh, over real football in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's a game out there that you could create um, a team which was kind of the best team in the world in in both fantasy and reality, um, I guess we go for that. But it's not the case, is it? It's it, the game does have its limitations like that. Yeah,
1: we just recorded a podcast called uh, 10 Tips for FPL Success" uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, one of one of the tips in there. I mean, it's par- partially it's for FPL success, partially it's just for like an- making sure you you still enjoy the game over thirty eight weeks because, you know, FPL it can be a real grind uh, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as much fun as it is, it can it can start to, uh, especially if you're not having a great season, it can start to really you know, wear on you. Um, and one one piece of advice I have in there or that we have in there is. Um, uh, to read non fantasy outlets you know um, mm. just just read the guardian's football coverage read bbc whatever and it, partially it's just a it's just a non, it's just to make sure that you don't see everything in the game through a fantasy lens i mean do absolutely. you absolutely you do that as well then
2: yeah 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 i mean i particularly um obviously the last two three years have been c- completely immersed in it writing for fantasy football scout and you, yes to break from it you know you you there's so much osmosis goes on that, that all this expertise kind of leaches into you, um, but yeah, you you need to stop. Just step back, don't you? Otherwise, you will go completely bananas, and uh, it's not good. You make wrong decisions as well. So, okay. Do what, you think? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brennan. I was just going to change the
0: subject. So, if you have a uh, another point to add, go for it.
1: Well, I guess I, just the one thing I I was curious about is you know I actually you know there's 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 something about having so many inputs when you're creating F- FPL related content whether you're whether you're writing about the game or whether you're you know doing a podcast about it i i find that it actually sometimes hurts my game a little bit you know like my mm. actual personal team suffers a little bit because i Every single player in the game is touted, and I, you know, at some point or another, if you're if you're on Twitter enough or reading enough fantasy, you know baseball scout articles or, or whatever. Um, do you find that you've actually become a better manager or a worse manager because of your involvement?
2: Uh, we definitely maybe a better one, um, but yeah, with anything like this, the, the coverage is close to saturation now, isn't it? You, or if you, if you choose, if you choose to seek it out, right? Um, and you can't see the wood for the trees after a while there's there's so many different shreds of advice and you 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 can't sift it anymore can you so yeah. you you do have to either step back or to think no I'm going with the gut here you know I'm you you can justify it with stats and this that, and the other but sometimes you just have to go with the gut feeling I think uh, and then crash and burn in my case but you know <laughs> these things happen all right we we
0: have to pivot to a more important aspect of FPL that all that's all well and good but what about your FPL team name There is this amazing stat in your book, David, where you say, when it comes to naming their fantasy team, Imagination was sometimes severely lacking. Close to 3,000 FPL teams were called Man United. Man United. (laughs) A not-so-selected band of 487 named their team, quote, the special one, while 135 managers, uh, the old pub quiz standard, Norfolk and good. So... um, you 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 encountered a few interesting and uninteresting team names. Do you have any theories as to what makes a good FPL team name?
2: Uh, uh, no, not really. I mean, I always go for. Well, actually, I, I changed my naming convention last year, but I normally go for a bad, very weak pun on uh, one of the newly promoted teams every year. Uh, this year, I've gone with Dunces with Wolves. Um, I've had High Highway <laughs> to Hole before. I think was one of them. Um, those but are strong.
1: Last year, those year, I are those are, are well. Those are pretty strong.
2: I think Matt and I both <laughs> tend
0: to shy away from the uh, puns, and yeah, we tend to, to get a little too very, clever then.
2: Yeah, yeah. I went with "Taste of Paradise" last year, which uh, is um, brings up quite a few memories. Um, but yeah, the, the I, I love the special ones, but particularly the idea. Oh yes, I'll call myself the special one and. Uh, you're not being very special doing that. In well, the fact, <laughs> no. these days he's not special at all. He's just a miserable bastard. He's, I know. He really is.
1: Someone on Twitter, I think it was uh, our friend Dave from Burnley said, uh, "Is he just depressed? Like this is the behavior of a depressed person, right? Like yeah. this kind of this is not like we know we we've seen this in real life before. You know, this is I don't. It seemed like an act at first. Now I'm just like maybe he's just sad." I think he,
2: he's changed since uh, Real Madrid. That, that, that scarred him, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess. so. so all, it, it all turned
0: uh, upon him gouging somebody's eye. And, yeah, and he was exactly. not—he
2: he couldn't run away from that. No, it's a shocker that was, and uh, it's amazing in the way he got away with it. Really, didn't he? I mean, he really—he he still got the jobs, didn't he? You know, still gets the work. Yeah, um, he moved he, to Chelsea, he, yeah, moved to Man United. Yeah, but he's well—he's in the third season now at United. So uh, that difficult third season. We'll mm. yeah. see. And he didn't win the
1: league a second year, so he's already a little uh, behind the behind the eight ball. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, yeah. And I funnily enough, from a fancy point of view, I'm I'm very wary about uh, picking United players, certainly first up. Um, my absolute
0: favorite chapter in the book was called "Mini League Madness," and David, mm-hmm. you go through all uh, types of different mini leagues and why people mm-hmm. start mini leagues and what the consequences are for finishing at the at the bottom. Um, are you? Do you play in any mini leagues yourself? You have a family mini league, or are you? Are you in the? Competitive I have an, scout an, old, league?
2: Uh, an old, sort of friends and uh, friends and family one, which has uh, diminished actually over the years. Um, and yeah, the last two seasons I've won it quite easily. Um, so people are getting fed up with me, I think. Um, <laughs> I was in the um, a very scary one last year. Was the uh, fancy football scout uh, moderators and contributors league? You know, that, that's that's full of big hitters. Yep. And uh, I think there's 32 in that league, and I finished 15th, I think it was. So with table obscurity, I was very happy with that, okay. to be honest. <laughs> that's uh, not bad,
1: actually. They won't, they won't let me in that league, actually. They're too worried about my uh, my fantasy prowess. So it's <laughs> one day.
2: It's in the, uh, <laughs> the, in the uh, fantasy football mag one. The main one now, of course, is um, I'm in against Benny. Benny out of ABBA. Um, oh, really? I'm, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. That's um. I beat him. I beat him last year. So Benny, if you listen to this, come and get me this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's hopefully no,
0: There's a mini league okay. in the book that uh, gave me a good idea. You talk about mid-level, mid-table obscurity, David. And there's a mini league you touch upon where. The, at the end of the season, there's a big uh, curry dinner and 20 people oh. in the league, the top 10 get a free curry and the bottom 10 yeah. have to foot the bill. And I love that as uh, as a thing to fight for because I think we. it, it seems uh, pretty easy to think of a relegation-style um, punishment yeah. or cash for whoever finishes first. But how do you keep the people in the middle of the table
2: interested? And it's that was geniuses. a great story, right? Yeah. And that's the one they... Uh they have to dress in their corresponding manager's outfits, don't they? If, yeah. So if you, finish, oh, really? <laughs> if you finish top, you 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 are dressed as Pep Guardiola, you know. And if you finish bottom, you do come bottom. I would
0: love was, to. I would love to dress as Jurgen Klopp because then I can just show up in track pants and a and a polo shirt. I'll feel I'll be very relaxed. Yeah, and
2: very shiny teeth. You know, very it, shiny teeth. <laughs>
1: I agree with Brandon that the the mini league chapter is really fun, you know, partially because I think when you're reading. When you're, whether you're on, you know, social media or, or reading scout articles or, or wherever you're reading your articles or forums, stuff like that, um, you don't. There isn't a lot of mini league talk, you know, because obviously a mini league is a sort of a personal thing. Um, it's not relevant to most people, but in many ways, it is the most fun. It's it's the thing that's the most yeah. fun about fantasy it's, it's and.
2: Yeah. You know, side of it, isn't it, I think, as well. yeah very much so. Well, and it brings out. Yeah, there's, there's a, a, it brings out the best the in people, doesn't it?
0: There's a quote it, yeah, I jotted down uh, that that speaks to that, where you say, David, overall rank is a bit colder and clinical. A mini league is where FPL meets real life, and it's where you have that mm. connection with your your friends, your co-workers, and you can have the trash talk
2: uh, at the yeah, pub. It's absolutely, very very fun. It, 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 yes, it's just the kind of beating heart, isn't it? It's the human heart of it all. Um, yeah, and. It's you know I think we all aspire to that, don't we? I mean, we all want a great overall rank, but you kind of look at that and think, yeah, okay, I'm quite happy with that. Or I'm not happy with that, whatever. But unless you're right, you know, you're right at the top and, and, and going for complete and utter glory. Do you pay much attention to You'd, your overall rank? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I, uh, I think I mentioned it in the book. I, uh, two seasons ago I was got managed to get eight thousand eight hundred or something, yeah. which is my best buy a long chalk. Yeah. And yeah, the, the the last few weeks. Seeing that go up because I had a good, good end, thanks to Harry Maguire, I think it was. Hmm. Um all black and that was a joy. You know, that's absolutely good old slide, Slavet Harry. Um, that was an absolute joy seeing seeing the, the rank go up and up and up and up. You know, getting your green arrows, the fabled green arrows. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, really, mini leagues is is, is, is where you where where the, where the heart of it all is, is
1: Yeah, I mean, and I guess they typically correspond. I mean, if your rank is climbing, you're typically doing better in your mini league yeah, too. Uh, um, yeah, I, uh, I I don't know that I paid too much attention to my mini league before we started the podcast. It, it it's nice on you know especially you know we're pretty active on on you know Twitter and other places and um, it it is it's like a way to keep score a little bit. You can kind of see where where you are you know just among the community at large. And um, but yeah, I agree. The mini we have a, we've had a mini league we've been doing with our friends. It's just a mix of people, and it's it's gotten more international as the years have gone on. And it's, uh, it's I think we're gonna have about like four people from the UK this year, Brandon. That's a nice nice yeah, change. Yeah, that
2: sounds right. Yep. Send me a link, boys. You can. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) well, we'll send you the PayPal request.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've never played in a. That's one thing. I've never played in a cash league. Oh really? Never actually won or lost any money.
0: Now, Um, Josh and I are not saying on this podcast that we ever play for money. That sure, uh, we're not going to confirm or deny that, but. (laughs) If we were to do blood. that, um, yes. <laughs> it's, it actually weirdly never becomes about the money. It's just the, the money adds a level of commitment and it adds a level mm. of juice. But at the end of the season, it is absolutely
2: mm. only about bragging rights. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So it's just a pleasant, pleasant byproduct, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, back. exactly.
1: Mm. <laughs> nice round number to, to aim for. Uh, all right, so I want to talk a little bit about numbers and stats. Uh, we there's a, I, I feel like we're we're seeing the the explosion of stats and data in the fantasy game right now. Uh, you know, you can barely jump onto a uh, Twitter without seeing some fascinating new chart, right, or some like you yeah. know some 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 you know long and thorough in depth analysis. Um, how much of that are you sifting through as you're writing for the Scout site, or, or I guess even just for putting together this book. Um, uh,
2: writing for Scout a lot, uh, or a lot more. Um, but then, you know, I, I get steers off people who actually know what they're talking about. As it says in the book, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to stats. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I like stupid stats, you know, the amount of Kevins who play in. <laughs> 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 Numbers confuse me. Um, so I, I don't really tend to use them, although they're, they're, they're increasingly unavoidable, aren't they? I mean, even in uh, you know, you watch much of the day over here, you get expected goals, whatever that means. It's still not worked out. XG. Right. How mm-hmm. can <laughs> I mean, you get 1.2 goals in a game? I don't understand it, you know. But that's my XG choice. XG um, still
0: sounds like a type of sports car that you might be looking yeah, into. Totally, yeah,
1: I, I still feel like X, XG is pri- primarily used by the use that for sports fans is basically a way to justify why their team should have won. I feel like I see XG brought up most often. Is like, listen, we may have drawn, but you know, we had a it was a two point six XG. You know, so yeah, it's not our
2: right. My XG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our XG was yeah. better yeah. than their XG. But that, that's alien to me, you know. I, I don't, I don't personally use it, but loads of people do. You know that they, they, and it clearly works for them. Uh, so when you finish, I, when well, you
0: finish around eight thousand overall that one season, David, you, you attribute that strictly to the eye
2: test, um, and pure blind luck. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, let's well, not underestimate yeah, the rules. luck. It, it was a heady mix. It, it was the eye test definitely, um, being completely immersed in. Everybody else's opinions, you know, so you could you could sift through them and think, yep, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I like that. Basically, I've got other people to justify my picks for me. You know, it's very nice. Very lazy, but very nice. Um, and But there is luck. You know, there's always luck, isn't there? You you have to uh, respect that. Like I said, I got Harry Maguire. I, I didn't have a huge amount of knowledge about it. Yeah. But he, he scored lots of points for me and kept a couple of clean Happy days.
0: There's a book that Josh and I have read called uh, The Numbers Game. Uh, Chris Anderson, yeah. and a, you've, you've yeah. probably read it as well, David. And the book starts out talking about that uh, match in which uh, it was Liverpool, wasn't it? Or um, they scored a goal of... of uh, ball careening off of a balloon or blow up mm. ball that had yes. dropped onto it's the case. pitch balloons, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it sets yeah. the table for yeah we're going to talk all about um data and uh how to process that data but let's be clear uh goals are still scored off of balloons that fall onto mm. the pitch
2: okay. I, I think it's is it uh, in the book i think um i can't remember who it was he says this but the starts uh, all, of course, refer to what has happened. Yeah. You, you, yes, you can hope to predict what will happen, but yeah. it, it's not—it's not a guaranteed prediction, is it? You know, yeah. you, it's more likely to be true, but it's not always going to be true. Yeah. So you—you you, you can kind of wedge yourself a bit too too strongly to stats, and and they'll come and bite you on the ass, really.
1: Are, is there anyone you would recommend? I know I know you've interviewed uh, Peter Blake, uh, a few other people. Um, Peter Blake, who' has actually been on our podcast before a really nice guy., uh, you've interviewed you know se- several people. Um, are there people who you would recommend just if you know if, if someone's listening who's maybe a a first time manager or wants to get a data more,
2: um, you uh, know what's Scott, out there that might be useful? Peter Blake, you have heard of him. he's very good.. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and honestly anyone just about uh, the, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Martin Coleman who writes uh, FPL Poker Player um, he, he writes occasionally his blogs and stuff he's extensively quoted in the book as well um, so he's great um, The there's a the guy, uh, I can never get his um, username right on Fancy Football Scout Prokopkus or something um, a guy who, who works in Germany who, who's written a lot of stuff for Fancy Football Scout he's, you know, he knows his stuff. He really knows his stuff. Um, but you get, like, with everything else, you know, you pick and choose, don't you? You go in there. You kind of sift through all, yeah. all the different things available and decide which which appeals most to you, I think.
1: That's true. And I guess, I guess you, you have the the fantasy. There's a fantasy football membership, too. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I know, you know, like, you know, I feel like, you know, I think Jonties will, put, will yeah. post, right. like, you know, set piece takers and things like that. There's some Cold charts on there.
2: Imminent, yes. Yeah, Cole's imminent. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's there's so much stuff out there. You know, I think you have to go and look at it all, or look at as much as you can bear, and and decide what you want or what's right for you. So I guess just while we're talking
1: about takeaways, um, you know, I, there was there was one chapter in there that I really enjoyed. It was, um, I think it was it, it, the whole chapter takes place on the final day of the, uh, I think it's oh, the 2016-17 yeah. uh, FPL season. Yeah. The and, uh,
2: something. Yeah.
1: fantastic chapter, both, yeah, you know, both the guys in there are, the, you know, it was really nice. that They were willing to kind of go through their, their thinking with you. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but there was, there was one moment at the end. It was the, the name of the guy who finished in second place. I'm forgetting his name right now. Okay. Um, he, uh, he mentions that, you know, there's one, like, I think you asked him something like, you know, how did you finish, you know, how did you get so far that you finished in second place? And, um, he said that, uh, you know, I can't what he said a few different things. One one takeaway was it was a very practical thing. He said, I feel like you know I gained a lot of points when I was, you know, captaining good players away to mid-table squads like that was like his approach that during that yes. season was to you know was to captain you know players and strong teams on the road to mid-table squads and i was yep. like that is such a fascinating practical tip um mm-hmm. and like did you did, like did you learn like did you have any other ones that sort of that, that stuck out to you when you were when you were doing all these interviews like just like advice it, or are they are
2: they or alarmingly that's exactly the one that stood out for me <laughs> as well it, it's, <laughs> it's slightly counterintuitive isn't yeah it? you know really the, yeah and, Idea, yeah. you always you tend to look in your team, right? Who's playing at home? Who am I going to captain this week? Are they at home? Um, but yeah, as T quite rightly pointed out, I, mean, I think it was particularly with Mo Salah, was it? No, no, it was two seasons ago, wasn't it? But the, the the idea of top teams, they um, if they get a goal ahead, everything opens up, doesn't it? And um, yeah, and particularly when they're away, the home team is kind of beholden to 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 attack a bit more. Um, yeah. unless you your West Brom, and um. <laughs> They, yeah, that opens up possibilities for the better players, particularly in, in fast-breaking sides. So I, that, that really stuck with me as well, I'm afraid. Sorry to cop out here slightly, but that, that, <laughs> no. because it was so <laughs> counterintuitive. You thought, why, why would you think, oh, yes, my captain's away this week. You know, good. It doesn't make sense in many ways, but it, it, it may, certainly made sense for away. I mean, it certainly served him well.
1: Well, if if people are listening, if if there's one if there's one single takeaway from you, yeah, keep keep that one in mind, because um, I, I think I'm going to try to I'm going to try to adopt that approach a little bit myself.
2: <laughs> the other one actually was uh, I think who was it Simon I think it might have been Simon March one of the other previous winners. Talk about being patient. You must be patient. Yeah, you know yeah. I, I, I I'm, I'm certainly like this. You, you know what it's like. You you create your side first day of the season. It looks great, and then after a week you realize it's absolutely awful. Trigger you know, wild card. <laughs> Yeah, he scored twenty-two points or whatever in the first week, and it's a disaster. Yeah, but actually, if and I did this last year, um, and there isn't there? There's a site centre where you can actually put in your original team, and it will tell you how many yep. points you have would yep. have had. Yep. Yeah, which I've not done because I know, <laughs> I know how horribly. Don't it do it, be. David. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, I won't do it. I won't do it. It's Pandora's box. I'm not going to open it. I'm not going yeah. to um, I think I did that around like
1: game week thirty last year, and I was like maybe two points ahead or something like that. It was like I'll, <laughs> I could have so just that's not. That's equally depressing, isn't
2: it? <laughs> it was. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> two points ahead is good, rather than probably two hundred points behind where I would have been. Um exactly. But that's the thing, isn't it? You've got to look four to six weeks ahead. You know plan for that and then fine if it's you might chuck one out uh, but not you know not not try and refurbish your whole side yeah. just are, based on one or two game weeks there are some good
0: psychological tips in the book too the father and son the father who uh, mm-hmm. gaslights his son making him think that mm. van percy is not the right pick but he should have rooney yeah. while well, his father yeah. his father worked the switch uh, and then he ended up with van percy scoring a brace and wayne rooney didn't yeah. even play i think it was
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's evil, isn't it?
0: But, you know, always fair in love and mini leagues. I think. Yes, I agree. Uh, every, it's all fair game.
1: Say that again, Josh. Oh, I was saying, uh, Brandon, you may recall me uh, gaslighting my way to a, a mini league win a couple of years ago. Yep,
0: yep, absolutely. And everyone kind of knew that Josh was gaslighting the whole mini league. And uh, there was really nothing we could do to stop it, which was kind of the sad. Thing. <laughs> Just
1: long, long. I was in second place for like the entire season. I was reading these long, dramatic emails about how the season was over. I had no chance. Uh, ben, Ben, who was in first place, he might as well just give up now because there's no, there's absolutely no chance that I can overtake him. Uh, and then, of course, I did in the last game week of the season. Uh, yeah. It was my my most glorious moment in fantasy. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm funny enough, if you're talking about it now, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. I probably started. I'm I think it was like we started year. the
1: podcast the next year. I rode the high of that to the podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so on the go ahead, David. Sorry. I'm saying I'm above all that nonsense, but I probably aren't. I think I'm. I'm. I'm just winding you up now, yeah. or am I? <laughs> the, the,
1: just set so the wheels in motion.
0: This is a good segue into our our last little uh, point here about FPL perhaps being a disease, um, or is it a <laughs> blessing? You talk a bit about perspective as well as addiction in mm. the book. I love the anecdote. It's in the mini league chapter about doing a ratters, and it was a guy yes. in the mini league who who blew a 100 point lead in his mini league on the last few game weeks of the season, and uh, he t- had to take a whole season off. But of course, he yeah. came back, and you you make the astute point, and then did it everyone, again.
2: I did again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did it twice, didn't he? I think he, he was, was he not goading a German yeah. in the mini league. Oh right, right. He the has said the spirit of '66 and then yeah.
0: the German says the spirit back, of yeah. every year that in which Germany <laughs> won. The yeah, program. every
2: other year, but '66, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you never learned you? Um, but that, again, it's, it's that that human side of it, which which I think people who don't play the game don't appreciate that they, the, you know, we are we are all stupid, braying people, aren't we? We can't resist it. We can't help ourselves, and that that. Fantasy really brings that out in people. Yeah, can you um, can you can you talk a little bit about the uh, the Matthew
1: Martiniac chapter? I think that's how you say his last name. Um, yeah, uh, just how that came about. I mean, it's it's. I, I think it's you know maybe the best chapter in the book. I mean, just a really fascinating chapter. Um, did you know his story beforehand, or can you can you no, talk about his story I mean,
2: a little bit? I, I I mean, he was one of the the the, the many winners uh, of FBL that I uh, contacted. You know, and he was very happy to talk. Um, but I didn't know, uh, yeah, how much of an effect mentally the, the win had on him. Um, as it says in there, in the, in the book, he's, he's a very, uh, committed Christian. He, uh, he does lots of missionary work and this, that, and that, that, that's, I think what everybody knew about Matthew was that when he won FPL, he was halfway up a mountain in Bosnia. I think it was, um, on, on a, um, on a retreat and doing, doing some missionary work and, um, so that was a great story in itself, but as it came, as we, we chatted more on email and stuff, it, it, he started to kind of open up about how badly uh, the, the win affected him. You know, he, he became uber competitive, desperate to uh, um, to defend his uh, title very well. And he, he's such a, you know, a very giving charitable kind of guy. Uh, and he was suddenly becoming very, very selfish and, and, and self-absorbed, which, you know, I think we all are, but Matthew probably isn't. Um, but, but FPL had kind of made him that way. And he, he, he wrote to me about this saying, I've never actually told anybody this. He, I, th- I don't think he almost realised himself how much it had affected him. So it was really quite cathartic for him. Um, and for me, actually, you know, I, when I wrote that chapter, I wrote it very much from the heart. Um, I, I, I broke the, uh, the one big rule when you're, when you're writing anything. You don't, you don't normally ask people, that you're writing about to check it over and you know approve the copy because therein lies, just hell, you know. Yeah. You have to check thing. But I did that with Matthew because I, I wanted to make sure that I told his story correctly. You know, I, I wanted it to be in his words as much as possible and, and give it the kind of due attention that I think it deserved. Um, I mean, it's still got some some uh, nonsense in there, particularly about um, his um, uh, what's his name, the uh, terrible. Javina, wasn't it? Javina, was it Javina, <laughs> awesome sure. Play. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the dreadlocked. Uh, a, there's there's a bit yeah. of light. There's a bit of light in there, but it was, <laughs> it was quite, you know, it's a, it's a heavy chapter. Um, but I loved it because it, it's very much the tone is different to the rest of the book, but massively really. I mean, the, the book is pretty light-hearted, but that wasn't, and I think it deserved a bit of gravitas. And hopefully, well, I'm glad you liked it. And you know, hopefully, uh, I've done Matthew proud with it. I think he was pleased with it. But he's uh, not got back to me since. So, <laughs> if you're out there, um, he's probably, probably on the top like of another yeah. mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. That. Yeah. yeah what, was there he, he,
1: was there anyone else? Was there anyone else that stood out for you as a good? I mean, maybe not you know in that kind of serious vein, but just anybody. You, you, I know you talked to a you know, ton of people. Did you know? Did anyone stand out as a particularly uh, interesting you know voice? I mean, I don't want you to necessarily you know say some people were better than others, but just like were there a couple of people who you thought were really entertaining or have a, a fun perspective on the game?
2: You know what? I mean, again, I'm going to cop out and so say they all were. Yeah. But the, the, yeah. the, 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 I found this. Uh, I think I mentioned before about uh, the Twitter community. Um, is so on Twitter. Everybody's very nice and very helpful, you know, and, and and accommodating, generally. Not not everyone, but nearly everyone. FPL general Mark, he was talking about. He's a lovely guy. He's very helpful, and helped set up the interview with the, the Saudi prince, which is another chapter in the book. Um, but you know, generally, the the, the fancy people I've met are, are very intelligent. They're very uh, knowledgeable. They're just lovely people, you know. They, they were, there was puppet, actually only yeah, but, one real answer to
0: that question that
2: Josh just asked you, and that was uh, Josh and was Brandon YouTube from Always oh, oh, Cheating. of credit you? Cut this now, and we'll start together, we? <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> uh,
0: you, you were kind enough to include us in, in the book. There's a chapter in which you do talk a bit about the fantasy community and how it's growing. Yeah. talk about the gaffer tapes and, and, and the people at Fantasy Football Scout, and it is an amazing, continually growing community, and I, mm. I'm... I'm bowled over. You, you tend to associate sort of cliched sports fans as um, perhaps a bit more aggro or aggressive. But mm. by and large, it's one of the friendlier, more welcoming and willing to share communities.
2: Absolutely. It's ironic in a way because it's it's based around football, which is incredibly tribal business, isn't yeah. it? But, um, <laughs> it really is. But uh, we're all kind of... Well, we all will have the same ridiculous addiction to a game, don't we? Yeah, we
1: I think it's the, 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 the the fantasy element does give it some nerd patina, doesn't it? It somehow, especially yeah. if you're if you're if you're talking about it on social, you know, if you're if you're willing to to put FPL in your Twitter
2: bio or whatever, you know, it's like you're so you you're announcing many, that you're a certain kind of nerd. Absolutely. <laughs> how many people out there who, who've created two accounts and they on Twitter they have their sure. own personal one, and then their FPL, which yep, other people don't know about. Exactly. Stand
1: secrets. I, I think we had our podcast for going for about two years before I finally linked my personal Twitter feed in our
2: bio. I was like, hey, do I want to do this? Do I want to go that far? Uh, See, but now, it's like now coming out, uh, isn't it? You, you finally come out. Yeah. Yes, everyone. <laughs> exactly. I like fantasy football. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: So this book is a huge achievement, and do you, uh, pushing this boulder all the way up the hill, do you think you're going to play FPL this upcoming season any any differently? Is it going to be more fun now that you have this book sort
2: of uh, uh, on the shelves? Fun is a very strong word, isn't it? I, I think I've found this when I started writing it. I, I, I needed to take the game possibly a bit more seriously than I do, um, because I do, you know, I like a, I like a ridiculous punch on a player. I like like to try and find the the differential, and it, invariably I fail, you know. So, uh, and obviously my ranking goes down as a result. Um I'm, I'm going to probably have to take it really quite seriously again this season because they'll go, well, you know, aren't you an expert on this? And I keep saying, no, I'm not an expert. I'm a fan. You know, I'm a fan of the game. I can write, but I'm not necessarily a great fan of the I would like to um, be nice to try, break into the top 5,000, but based on what happened last season, you know, I, I had a disastrous end to the season, I think. <laughs> well, it's peaks um, and
0: valleys, so. David. You have a, you have a good yeah, season followed by a yeah.
2: bad and, and so on and so forth. I think I got up quite close to uh, it's about twenty thousandth, and then it just unraveled horribly yeah. towards the end. Yeah. But you know, top top one percent is always a goal, isn't it? Yep, so exactly. There's, I think I, there's this year, yeah, so top sixty
1: thousand, that'd do. I think that's kind of our uh, that's a that's a goal that I think Brian and I both kind of shoot for as well. Yeah, top top one percent, is that that's doable even. You know, there's a lot of saturation now too, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, it, it is it's harder than ever to finish in the top. 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. So, um, yeah, I think it helps to set a realistic goal. And then maybe if you're within that range, you can you can start to, you can think about starting to shoot ahead, you know. But, uh, Adam, yeah, it's, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's always good to keep recalibrating your expectations, too. If you're having a miserable season, then maybe your, your goal is just to finish in the top, you
2: know, million or top 100,000 or whatever it may be. That, to me, would be a disaster now. I don't know about you. I think my worst yeah, was sure. 50,000. That was that was back in the day, you know. And you can always chart it for when your children are born as well. Right.
1: <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. I have a two-year-old daughter. Yeah, That first year was pretty – Was yeah, my, my, I think I've, I – I climbed back at the end. I had, a, I had a, a big swing back, but I still finished like around 100,000, which felt like
2: kind yes, of a – That's because you had about three hours sleep, that's why. Right. Exactly, yeah. These
0: are all excuses, gentlemen. I'm not hearing them. <laughs> <laughs> they bloody good ones. <laughs> uh,
1: well, David, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. A it. pleasure.
0: Yeah, everyone go out and check out Wasting Your Wild Card, The Madness and Madness of Fantasy Football by uh, David Wardell and Fantasy Football Scout. It's a yeah. fantastic book. Can't recommend
2: it enough. Thank you, guys. So this, especially if you're in Norway. In Norway. <laughs> Norway,
1: Sweden, Denmark. Uh, yeah. We'll throw Finland in there. Hey,
2: we'll, Finland, uh, Finland. We'll, put a link, we'll put a link
0: in the uh, show notes of the podcast so you can find more Thank information. You. Or, of course, just Google
2: uh, Wasting Your Wild Card and, and it'll pop up. Yes, please buy it. Yeah, make an impoverished author slightly more impoverished. And if this that's is it's not a word. Not a word. <laughs>
1: uh, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, you can uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we're at Hail Cheaters on Twitter. Uh, David, what is what is your Twitter handle? It's uh, it's kind of a hard one to remember. I feel like it's
2: a horrible one. It's davo wava. <laughs> it's kind of David but it's kind of baby. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking, but it's there, it there now. No. <laughs> yeah, That's another link we'll
0: throw in the show notes in case. Uh, thank you. it Doesn't make sense.
1: Uh, you can also uh, you can support the podcast on Patreon. We're patreon.com slash Always Cheating. Uh, as always, we have our producer. Thank yous at the end of the podcast. Bernie, you want to read off our producer? Thank yous? Absolutely.
0: Thanks to our producers: Mike DePietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello. Carl Rasmus, Lean Granley, Chris Howell, and Rafay Khan. Don't forget to subscribe to Always Cheating. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, Tuna Pocket Cast, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Sincerely, uh, after you're done uh, buying David's book, go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. That really does help the pod. We appreciate it. Or just give us a review anywhere that it is that you um, get the podcast. As Josh said, follow us on Twitter at, at cheaters Facebook.com, slash AlwaysCheating. Email us at HailCheaters at gmail.com, or just visit our website, AlwaysCheating.com.
2: All right. Thanks again, David. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.